All right, so being in WA, I had the opportunity to catch a few waves with a local, Aidan Salmon, also the man behind Barley Bodyboarding. Um, he was kind enough to take me for a little spin along his coastline, and we found some pretty decent stuff to play around in. So during that journey, I thought that we'd uh, get the podcast done because Aidan is one of those interesting people in bodyboarding who's kind of had the, the lifestyle of a pro without kind of being the official pro that we all kind of think of when we think of professional bodyboarding. Um, his involvement in in surf travel and coaching, particularly with bodyboarding, has been a long history and it's super interesting to hear his journey and, and some of his thoughts on what the sport's doing and his involvement with it. So enjoy this podcast. We recorded it whilst driving back from a surf. Uh, we even nearly hit a kangaroo on the way. So there you go. It's pretty Australian. Uh, enjoy. Thanks again, Aiden, for the surf. You. All right, we just left a secret spot. Where were we again? Uh, <laughs> I could tell you, but the Dongra boys had killed me. <laughs> oh, there's a hint. I'm here with Aiden Salmon in a uh, four-wheel drive. Hopefully uh, the tyres have been let down. And, yeah, they have. We got here, so we'll get out. <laughs> Um, we're just weaving our way through some sand dunes. That was a really fun surf. Thanks for bringing me along. Yeah, no worries, man. It was great to share it with you. I just figured I needed someone who looked like they were good at pushing things in case we got bogged, so <laughs> you're the man. Yeah, there you go. I knew it would come in handy for something in my life. Um, we're kind of, what, what, what are you doing here? You know, you're, you're, for those who don't know Aiden, like, for many years, you've had a pretty thriving little business out of Bali called Bali Bodyboarding. Um, getting a few frothers over there. You've had Coach Hardballs join you, amongst others, over the years. But um, you're back home here in 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 Geraldton. Um, what what's going on? Yeah. So um, yeah, Bali Bodyboarding was doing was doing great guns. Uh, we were so happy with the way it was going right up until someone in Wuhan ate a bat and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and really ruined my day. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, up until March 2020, we were doing really well. And then uh, as soon as the travel ban went in, it just kind of, it, yeah, it took the legs out from under us completely. So uh, after that point, uh, we were, uh, yeah, we, we kind of had to, we couldn't get our customers over. So it was, it was, uh, <laughs> we're going to get there. <laughs> nah, you got there. Look at that. There you yeah. go. Some little alarm went off. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, and unfortunately the world shut down. So we, we just tried to persist as long as we could. Um, but pretty much 80% of our customer base is from Australia. So, um, yeah, we couldn't get people over. We were still selling some boards and things, but um, uh, yeah, as far as our normal activities, yeah, it kind of, it went to a stop um, and we've still got to pay wages over there and pay pay rent on, on the properties that we use to run the business. So um, yeah. Oh, so I, you're still holding on to places yeah. for when things relaunch. That must be, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a bit tough. And that's just kind of the way it works with when you, 
Um, as a foreigner, when you rent um, somewhere in Indonesia, you pay everything up front for a certain amount of time. Uh -huh. And I had just renewed all my leases uh -huh. uh, in November of 2019. Oh, so of probably when the first bat was being consumed. Yeah, they'll just start. <laughs> I think that is the timeline too, around October, November. It was kind of yeah. when things start to happen. So, um, yeah, after, so we were kind of locked in anyway. and. Um, and yeah, it all sort of spiraled from there. Yeah. So we eventually, we've had to come back to Australia um, just to kind of make some money, just to keep everything going in, in Indonesia. Yeah, that's right. That's the long and short of it. But um, it's, how long had Bali bodyboarding been going on for? Like, and how did you kick it off over there? What was the original kind of origin story for that, that business enterprise of yours? Um, so I'd been working in Europe um, with Bodyboard Holidays and sort of cut my teeth with them uh, right through the early 2000s up until 2011. And about 2010, I'd had the idea that there's lots of bodyboarders that come to Bali uh, but there was no actual infrastructure for them. There was nowhere to buy stuff. There was no one to show them around. Mm. Uh, there was no like bodyboarding hub there. And mm. I love Bali. I, I, I know I've always loved it. So I th the kind of the, the seed was planted and then I came to a bit of a crossroads in my life and I was like, all right, I'm gonna move to Bali and see if I can um, work out how to start selling equipment. But you need capital for that kind of thing and I didn't have any, but I was, pretty good at, at um, coaching people and making sure they had a good time in the water and, and didn't get into trouble so I just started off doing that like really sort of small scale and then eventually we worked it up to the point where we had sort of multiple villa accommodation and we had Hardy comes over and coaches with us. Epo was coaching with us. Yeah, that's um, right. Epo made a little stint there too, didn't yeah. he? Did Stoney do a little one as yeah, well? Yeah, Stoney as well. So they were all scheduled to come back and, uh, and they are still scheduled to come back with us. Uh, when it all reopens again um, but yeah so and in the end we were kind of your, your one-stop shop in Bali for for all things bodyboarding um, yeah that's um that's that's pretty cool but like tell us more about the the kind of the days with um because Rob Barber was the guy uh, kind of the mastermind behind that whole boogie travel yeah. kind of biz right like he was would you say he was one of the first really kind of to sink his teeth into it and I'll say quickly big shout out to Rob because <laughs> I did interview him once for this podcast but he said quickly. it wasn't good enough no, Rob, so. yeah. the audio was horrible <laughs> and I tried to fix it but it just simply couldn't get done so I will be chasing you for a follow-up there Rob so don't worry mate if you're listening I haven't forgotten boring, about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I owe a lot to that man uh, yeah he's definitely one of the hardest working people in bodyboarding, one of the hardest working people I know and I'm very grateful for uh, for all that he has taught me but um, uh, yeah so he sort of started in that space and that's where I kind of learned my trade from and then sort of spun my own ideas off off from that. It's um it's an interesting space though because for a, like there's a lot of bodyboarders in the world right and there's yeah. a lot of guys like did you did you have trouble getting it moving once it was a thing if you know what I mean like was it a hard yeah. thing to sell or was it an easy sell did you find more people were contacting you or were you really chasing to get those clients into your camps and stuff like that um, a little bit of both so I'm really grateful for the people that came in that first year when I had Bali bodyboarding because they were the ones that kind of put their trust in me and said yeah I'm gonna spend my money with you I'm gonna trust you 
that you're going to keep me safe and I'm going to have a good time and I'm going to improve my bodyboarding um, when there was no sort of proof of work there for Bali bodyboarding already. It was like work that I'd done for other companies. Yeah. So, so you're testing out the idea and yeah. these people took a punt on you. Really. Yeah, and like, then they take a punt on you and then they're like, oh yeah, actually this is great. And then once you get a few testimonials, I mean, that's the best form of advertising is, yeah. is, um, is someone, is a recommendation. So once people are like, oh yeah, this is sick. And then they tell their friends and then we're really fortunate in Bali bodyboarding. We've kind of built a really good community around the brand. And yeah. Oh, that was a heavy one. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not his car. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so then the people would, would come back and, and we had like a 60% return rate, which is pretty amazing. That's pretty good, huh? Is that yeah. that's good in travel? Like that's... Yeah, it's, it's really good. Like, okay. Um, so often we'd put camp dates up and then we wouldn't actually have any new customers in them because... It was all our our existing client Jeez. base. Calm downhill. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is kind of scary. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're good. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, so it was a real word of mouth biz. And like, oh, the bigger picture, because I know, and I should have spoken to this about Jay Real when I interviewed him the other day, but he, he's done a few of those kind of tours yeah. where he's had some people along and there's been other ones that have taken place. But it really, like I guess why I'm asking is like you see, Jared Houston doing it in yeah. Puerto Rico. You see Pierre doing a version of it of his own style in France, in, yeah. in France and Portugal. Like, and it seems like it's working. Yeah. Well, there's no reason why it shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and I think it's great that there's all these places popping up around around the world. I mean, I I'm really I helped out Aiden Cleave quite a lot. He's started off with uh, bodyboarding South Africa. Oh, okay, cool. And that's another another great one. I mean, it, the more of these little places there are around the world where bodyboarders can connect and they can experience something, and then it's just good for everybody. It's good for the whole scene, I think. What kind of cut? Like, who is your client when it comes to Bali bodyboarding? What do they like? Paint a picture of them or describe um, them? Yeah. So for us, uh, it's usually. Uh, male and in the Australian and usually sort of aged about late 20s to mid 50s. Mid so, 50s? Yeah. Interesting. And that's kind of our, our client base, yeah. Is that, was that surprising to you when you started launching, like that that was the bodyboarder who was going to show up or were you expecting this kind of uh, vintage kind of level crowd as well as that younger crowd? No, I was sort of more expecting the the vintage kind of crowd. Oh, you were. Yeah, for sure. Like, okay. Because they're the they're the guys that have uh, often have kind of gone away from the sport and then come back into it. Yeah. And then they've got a little bit of money that they can spend on going on holiday, but they often don't have a lot of time, so they want to make the most of their time away. Yeah. Like, whereas if you're early twenties, then generally you got bugger all money. But you got a lot of time on your hands, yeah. So you can go and sit on a beach somewhere for six weeks, and you can kind of work out where to go, and yeah, and you can do it on a on a pretty limited budget. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'd like cashed up for Aussie males. Yeah, yeah, pretty in much in their forties plus is kind of yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. And what about the experience levels? Like, were you finding? Because I know, like, speaking of this kind of integration of of Hardy, and you had Stony there and Epo, yeah. like that whole guiding with that kind of superstar 
was that a big draw card of it all that they could actually get this kind of advice from someone like Ryan Hardy? Is that yeah, 100% for Hardy. Hardy's like, um, yeah, he's sort of the the per to, yeah, he's the perfect kind of personality for it. Yeah. Not only does he he rips, obviously, is one of the best that's ever been. Um, still is. And yeah. still is, yeah. Um, but he also, he has this amazing patience with people. Yeah. He remembers people's names. He remembers a bit of a story about you and he's happy to share his story. And it's like, there's not too many pros that actually have that capacity. Like I've had other pros come and they'll just come out for a day with us or whatever. And they're like, man, I can't, I can't do what you do. I couldn't do that. Um, mm. Whereas Ryan's just, he, he's just a, a wonderful character. And same with Epo. Yeah. Epo is great. Oh, one of my favourite things about my job is story time with Epo. Ah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I get to relive my youth with all these added little details That's and great. there's just so much excitement. A bit more nuance. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. I've uh, had the chance I've... to sit down with him and have a couple of wines recently. And oh, brilliant. Yeah, there's been some good stories. <laughs> yeah. A few good things. Yeah, and, uh, and he just brings this crazy good energy. Um, so usually he's... By the end of his camps, he's absolutely broken as well. But uh, he throws so much. That's funny. So much passion into it. Oh, cool, cool. I mean, the bigger picture though, like you, you, these, the, there's an undersupply of these experiences. Would you say in the bodyboarding community, like there's a lot more room for these types of things to happen, right? I mean, the the COVID world has really probably disrupted. Yeah. Um, a lot of these initiatives, like yourself, but you know, getting back to a a normal, whatever that looks like. Yeah. World. We really could have a lot more bodyboarding experiences packaged up, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's heaps of them in, in surfing, and uh, I think, yeah, there, there's definitely space for it to grow. Um, you just—it's more that you just don't want to have uh, a kind of—you don't want ca people that are kind of a cowboy outfit getting into it because there is quite a lot of responsibility with it as well. Like yeah. you are really looking after someone, especially if they're on a foreign country where they don't speak the language and all the rest of it, you've got a, a, a larger responsibility there as well. Yeah, totally, totally. It's, um, but with your kind of life's journey in bodyboarding, because you and I have had a couple of good yarns now and there's a lot more depth to you than just being the Bali bodyboarding guy, you know, like you've kind of been connected to, to bodyboarding all your life. Like, yeah. tell us a story about your kind of early beginnings in this, part of the world in particular like what was it like growing up around here as a bodyboarder or was this home the whole time is this where you grew up uh yeah so Geraldton is where i grew up spent the first sort of 18 17 years of my life mm. um and yeah i was fortunate enough to come up during like a really thriving time in bodyboarding so um there was yeah there was a guy, Brad Suarez, who's like kind of the the, matri the patriarch of Geraldton bodyboarding. He's also a big fan of your show. So oh, cool! Shout, shout out to Papa Suarez. There you go. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so there, there was guys that won Australian titles and state titles and all the rest of it. And we're a pretty small, small town. So yeah, you are. Yeah, Geraldton's tiny, eh? Definitely punched above its weight. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, so other names that came out like Sean Virtue, Ben Suknik. Oh, was Ben Suknik from up here as well? Yeah, yeah, he's ah. cool, man. Um, Is he? Yeah. What a, he was good. Yeah. He yeah, was yeah. really good. Yeah. He was really good. And um, yeah, uh, Rory Nelson, so he's a. Uh, I think he won an Australian title for Drop Knee. 
and then I think Emmett Peak won one as well. So there yeah, go. there's been the quite Jero, a few. And the then Jero Boys. Yeah, Jero Boys definitely. And then uh, yeah, you've got a younger generation now like Lachlan Hearn and people like that who are yeah. who are also really really good bodyboarders. All right, we should pop these wing mirrors out now that we're out of the. Oh jungle. yeah, we should do that. All right, we're still we just clicked out a four wheel drive. Oh, there we go. Bit of foliage on the on the windscreen, and we're gonna head our way. We're gonna see how this whistle goes, and if it if the background noise gets too annoying, we'll we'll press pause and we'll reconnect we'll re over a couple on route or something like that. That, that sounds like a good idea. But but the scene itself was it, is it that similar story that kind of because you're in you're forty now, right? Yeah. So like you would have grown up like me in that period of, you know, we had Epo win a world title when we were yep. grommets. Yeah. We were crying and frothing because it looked like it was a real sport that we could progress through. Mm. Like, did you have that similar kind of experience? You were watching underground tapes every day. And yeah, underground tapes, the whole lot. And especially when we started to see like some of the guys from from Geraldton that were getting sponsorships and. And we were like, oh, wow, this is actually a, a real thing. But, mm. um, yeah, I, it just always, then those guys sort of fell off a little bit. I, I went to university myself, so I always loved bodyboarding. And it was always, like, my passion, always the thing that I wanted to do more than anything else. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have the, the skill set and the sort of the self-belief that I guess you needed it to make it as a pro. But... I've always been pretty good at communicating with people and sort of being able to find common ground and so yeah I got into the, the coaching side of things when I moved to the UK and then sort of yeah kept going staying with it bodyboarding through that staying a part of it. So with that journey into the UK then so is this where the Rob Barber connection begins? Is yeah. That, and how long ago was that? What did you oh, Were you man, the typical was... Aussie with the two year working visa? Yeah I was lucky because I had a, a British passport so I could I could prolong my youth for uh, much oh, longer than I cool. sh probably should have done. Yeah. Um, so yeah I was probably 2002 um, I met Rob at a bodyboarding contest. Wow, that's a long time ago now. It's like nearly 20 years. Yeah, it's, it is when you say it like that. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, I'm, we met there and then I was just working for his surf school and he liked it because I could work for the surf school and I could work for the bodyboard school and I was cool. pretty good at answering the phone and sort of developing customers as well. Um, and then, yeah, so we sort of started... Uh, well, he was already running trips, and then we introduced a bunch of other trips. And, yeah. So you were on that, like, you were, were you bodyboarding mostly in the UK at the time, though, or were you actually on the move for him to some of these other destinations? Yeah, both. Yeah. Sick. So I was. Yeah, it was. It, it was a great way to spend my twenties. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be there from over there summer, and then uh, in come November time, we'd be in Morocco. December time, we'd be in the Canaries. Then. I'd come back to Australia for like a little while over Christmas to see the family and then we'd go to Central America in like end of January, February and then usually back to Morocco again and then it was always Indonesia in April and then we'd start the season again in the UK over the summer. And how many years are we doing this for him? Uh, like eight years. Wow. Yeah. And so that's like through that whole... Um period until say the early 2010 2011 kind yeah, of time frame yeah my first uh, our first customer with barley bodyboarding was april the 10th 2012 yeah wow so you you're, you've had a career like your whole career like working life has been 
in yeah. bodyboarding. Yeah, well, pretty much. Yeah, it's been the the, the mainstay of it for sure. That's I've also, super interesting. Yeah, I've also worked for other companies as well. Like I've worked in really boring stuff like banks that are um, filling in the gaps. Yeah, fill loads of gap filling as well. Yeah, especially in the early years where it just wasn't quite stretching enough. Um, Which years were they? Because do they correlate? to because i'm just thinking like it's just a mind-blowing fact like a lot of guys like myself uh a lot of the bodyboarders who tried that pro lifestyle yeah and were trying to finance their bodyboarding lives like there's been this real roller roller coaster the yeah. whole time and yeah but it seems like when you when you're coming at bodyboarding from this other perspective as a as like a as a as a travel industry yeah like it's did it have its ups and downs that were the same as the professional ups and downs like yeah. in the timeline like what would you say um yeah i don't know if you could really correlate it to the the way that it's sort of progressed with professional bodyboarding and how they've kind of had their peaks and troughs but it's definitely linked to like global global economic conditions like, sure september 11 was a bit of a yeah, moment and then exactly. you got the global financial crisis yeah, and GFC stuff like that and all of that yeah, yeah. Like sometimes, um, yeah, you you schedule stuff and it all looks amazing and you have all this interest in it and then suddenly it comes to crunch time when people need to pay their money yeah. and then for whatever reason they don't actually have that money and that's that's just the price of doing business in any sort of travel industry. Yeah, so it's not really a. I guess what I'm trying to unpack is like a lot of people at different points in their careers throughout this same 20 year period that you've yeah. been involved have said like bodyboarding's dead yeah oh it's over yeah <laughs> and oh the mags are gone yeah it's yeah. Oh, it's, oh look yeah. we had our moment all these yeah. years ago yeah but like you up until 2019 when you renewed you were renewing leases yeah. in bali because you have yeah. a successful <laughs> business full of confidence that everything's going to work out yeah um and then a pandemic happens which nobody you know could have really prepared for yeah but like it's just super interesting to me to kind of hear this with fresh ears and go like wow here's a version of a bodyboarding story yeah that is way more stable yeah for sure and, and it, you've got like waves throughout your life yeah oh, you've been I've probably been so surfing yeah. amazing waves throughout all this yeah. time too right yeah oh yeah especially last year was a particular highlight on that on that front um, but yeah, it, it's more about having something that you can sell consistently, right. I think, as opposed to when, you, when you're a pro bodyboarder, you're, unless you own the company, then you're relying on someone else and their budgets and their priorities. Whereas with me, it was, especially with Bali Bodyboarding, it was like, no, this is my product, I'll sell it and it'll kind of keep me in bodyboarding, which is which has honestly been a childhood dream of mine was to find some way to to exist and be able to go bodyboarding every day. Yeah. Um, it was. It's always been like, yeah, the more I think of it, the more I'm like, wow, that was kind of the driving motivation for all of it was I actually just really love going bodyboarding mm. and I really like sharing it with other people as well. So. But it's funny because that same, like at, on one level for the pro, they just like going bodyboarding too. Yeah. But they've, they've had this kind of yeah as you're saying like they've been relying on someone else to fund them mm -hmm. but then i guess what's really encouraging about it i feel like or do you see that there's this kind of 
coming together of the pro bodyboarder and the travel business? Like, I yeah. think we're seeing it, right? Yeah, I think we are seeing it for yeah. sure. I think a lot of the pro bodyboarders will probably work out though that on the business side of it, it's not as easy as it looks. Sure. And it's definitely easier if you're riding that gravy train and someone's just paying you to go bodyboarding by yourself. Of course. <laughs> um, and I mean, there's plenty of people that have tried it and gone, oh no, it's actually way harder than it looks and it's sort of up stumps and gone home. But I think like speaking to people like Jared, like, I mean, he seems to love it and he seems to have really good return client base as well. And I think that's like the, that's the, the ultimate litmus test. Do people want to come back? Yeah. Are they going to tell other people about it? And then that's the way that your business will grow and, and, um, and you'll be more successful with it. That's super interesting. It just seems to me like the pro bodybuilder of today can be, like, I guess what I'm getting at is, you could be a pro bodyboarder next year if like if barley bodyboarding was back on track and you felt like integrating a couple of trips that lined up with world tour events <laughs> like you could you could you could compete i've just surfed with you you're more than you're more than capable of pulling into a barrel like it's yeah. all i ever do yeah. so like you know like you uh, could just, totally get in with that yeah. and then have the business kind of funding more of that dream like yeah do you feel like it's a better, like, I don't know, there's some moments when it, when things are going well, obviously it's a bit more difficult now because you've had the setback of COVID, but yeah. maybe reimagining how it felt, but were there moments in your um, barley bodyboarding journey where you're like, wow, I can't believe I've pulled this scam off. Oh, like, I, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the whole pinch yourself moment? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, countless, yeah, for sure where I'm like, I'm looking around and I've got all like these smiley happy faces that are like, wow, this is the best day we've ever had, like ever. This is the highlight of my, I just caught the best right-hander of my life. And I'm like, yeah, I've had some pretty good waves today too. And I can't believe I'm actually getting paid to do this. And now we're gonna go back and we're gonna have a couple of beers and talk some story and watch some footage. And, um, and yeah, and then that, that's such a satisfying feeling for me. Um, it's like a little bit self-indulgent, I guess, because I'll look, I look around at it and I'm like, yeah, I built that. That's that's, that's what I fine. Did. Yeah, yeah, it's that's rad. And that's rad. It's something that I've for years and years been told that now you'll never make any money out of bodyboarding. You'll never like it's not. It's like you're not going to be a pro. Therefore, like forget about it, kind of thing. Yeah, it's interesting, and I guess that's what I'm really grabbing onto is just like there is this path you've just lived. You've been living a life of a pro bodyboarder essentially. You've just had to have this business structure around it, which is kind yeah. of what a pro bodyboarder is meant to do. Yeah. Run a business called themselves around bodyboarding. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, some guys do that just through pure performance and yeah. getting sponsors, but there is another way. Like there is this other way. I mean, yeah. You know, it's just super interesting to unpack and. Um, I, I know, I just hope anyone listening can kind of, hopefully some light bulbs go off in their heads wherever they are around the world, because a lot of people listen to this in different parts of the world, and you know, maybe, like it isn't outrageous for them if they've got Not half an all. inkling, Yeah. everyone's local spot is a potential yeah. barley bodyboarding. Yeah, for sure, yeah. definitely. I mean, there's, there's always something that you can do, and it's, I, I've tried explaining it to people before, it's, you've got to you find that thing that you you enjoy and then work out what's around it that there's a demand for 
and that you can provide and then that's what's going to keep you in doing that thing that you enjoy mm. um, otherwise the other way to do it is that you go and work somewhere to pay for your fun tickets to go and do it yeah and so there's kind of two pathways there there's if you creative enough then you can usually find that thing that'll when so whenever I get young bodyboarders coming up and they're like oh I want to get sponsored or I want to do all this stuff I'm like yeah you should also do a judging course because mm. at least that way when you go to a bodyboard comp you can get what's that what is, oh fox is that a fox yeah so it's wildlife, WA wildlife, <laughs> introduced invasive yeah. species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're quite a cute through. though, they are cute. That's, oh, that's like, Fox Creek, it's oh, near it's Wolf cool. Creek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a kangaroo though. Yeah. <laughs> there's, whoa, oh, there's a kangaroo. Shit, that one's way too close. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to look pretty this, funny. Yeah. On the, <laughs> that's going to look good. We're, that's definitely a clip for Insta. Oh man, wow. skippy fuck off, please. Let's, I'm going to slow-mo our expressions as <laughs> that actually happened. That was coming straight up. Yes, yeah. Okay, we're in Australia. Yeah. Um, wow, there's a lot of wildlife in 100, in 100 metres. Yeah, what the hell was that But you are just saying that, like, kind of diversifying the individual is, yeah. I guess, where you're going with that about the judging course. And yeah, the, do a judging yeah. course and then that way... You, not only will you be able to earn money when you go to a comp, but you'll also be able to self-analyze your performance when you're in the water better because you'll be surfing to the criteria better. Yeah. So it's another way to do it. And same when I get parents talking to me and I'm like, all right, well, if they're really keen on it, then they also need to study media and they need to be able to take photos, create videos, and be able to communicate with people because that's what a sponsor wants at the end of the day is someone yeah. who's going to be able to connect with their customer base and it doesn't matter which sort of demographic you're going for whether you're trying to connect with an NMD customer base or say the other end of the market like a drag customer base they're like different people but they all still need that connection and that kind of communication so mm. do those things and then that's going to give you a better base that you're going to be able to promote yourself and hopefully promote the other people the other companies that are investing in you uh, it's good advice, it's good advice. With that kind of eye of yours for the, the business and the creative around bodyboarding, like who you mentioned guys like Drag and then you you know, there's all these other brands doing things. Like what's your take on the kind of lay of the land at the moment? Like who's who's really making a good go of it in your opinion? Like who's getting it right for the time? Yeah, um I, I like what kind of the Hubbard's doing. I, I like yeah. the way they're kind of putting out putting out content I really did like the way drag was doing it because I look at it from a marketing point of view and I'm like you boys have tapped into a little niche there you're the only ones doing it you've kind of provoked you're like I don't know this will probably get taken out of context like, no that's what podcasts are for mate yeah all right you're like the bad boys uh, bodyboarding yeah. keep doing that because people love it like, yeah I'm a, I'm a fan like at first I looked at it and I was like I don't know what I thought at first I was yeah. like oh these guys do they hate bodyboarding or do they love like or do they love it ironically yeah exactly yeah. like it was really hard to pick it first and yeah. I just and then I guess I just stopped analysing it and I just yeah. enjoyed it and I was like yeah. this is great to watch like I'm yeah. really enjoying like and look some of the guys there yeah. like I, I think they are yeah. like, like I love how the hubs I really love how the hubs have just inspired fun and yeah. it's very um playful stuff and you know anyone who ever gets a chance to hang out with a hubbard 
they're having a good day. You know, yeah. like you're never going to get a better rock experience than a Hubbard. Yeah. Two Hubbards, better than one. Yeah. Um, there is a third Hubbard, really nice Hubbard. Um, <laughs> the other brother, I forget his name now, but he's a really nice guy too, but I bet he yeah. put a while back. But like, so Hubs, I think, are really killing it. But the drag guys, it is this whole other approach of um, self-deprecation. Yeah. And like, I dig it. Because yeah. I think that, and the way they've been able to break that barrier between stand-up surfing and bodyboarding, mm. and like there's there's guys who you'd never thought would lay down on a board who are yeah. kind of bridging the gap there. So it's super interesting yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's it's a it's a been a, a real shock to the whole to the whole ecosystem. And I reckon it's great. Um, on the uh, other people, I love what Mez does with boards because he's. The, the original innovator out there like he's the one who's constantly kind of pushing a new technology like different tails different concaves in boards like stringer systems and that all kind of makes it more interesting as well and on a business side of that it gives you things that new things that you can sell to people so yeah sure. rather than oh yeah it's single stringer mesh polypropyl alright great but is people going to buy that year after year after year or why don't you try this tail design like the Y-Fly or quad channels or yeah yeah the they're ST. wacky looking boards I've got to say like I, I think I tried one at one of the wave pools I think it was a winnie one and I mean it felt different I mean I can't I don't know I'm just one of those for me with that board discussion like I love that there are different things available and I yeah. then I love that Mez is still pushing it in this way or that way Mike's still t tweaking things on his side um you know, Mitch has got his own approach to it as well. But to me, I just don't, I, I'm just, I don't know what I'm talking about. I like, that's how I feel when I look you're, at that. You're, like, you're not, you're not alone know. though. Yeah, you're not alone. I'm that's just, a... I just ride them. Like, yeah. and, and I get boards from Mitch and yeah. I, and I just, yeah, they're great. Yeah. And I'm sure if I was getting boards from Mez, I'd be like, yeah. oh wow, that's different. That's great. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's just like rad. It's for me, it's a really weird thing. I just, I just, I guess, I just trust the makeup. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I think that there, there's definitely space for better communication um, in that realm as well. Because, I reckon that's a good point. Because the amount of people that I'll get that have had a break from bodyboarding, and then they come back in and they're like, "I don't understand the boards. Yeah. I do not understand any of this tech." And then there's like this whole wonderful world that they get to dive into, but it's pretty intimidating because you're about to throw down however much money that you're going to spend and then you're like is this for me or is this not for me or you so, want to be right about that choice don't you i yeah. mean a part of that i've had discussions with mitch about this as well as like we don't like traditionally bodyboarders haven't had quivers yeah you know I like think we need quivers. we need them i reckon like yeah. I, I definitely have a two board quiver yeah and i could realistically if i really wanted to branch out like I could have a three board quiver I reckon like yeah. I could have a little stoogie because I reckon that would be a lot more fun yeah. to get into that and I'd like I just no offence to the drop nears but it just ain't for me yeah. and I'm just I'm not going there I tried it I can't do it <laughs> it's very can't do it <laughs> not doing it but the stoogie I can definitely get away with I reckon to have a little bit of fun Yeah. but oh. then yeah like a, a larger prone board for some smaller fatter waves and then yeah or you know, a, a yeah. tail variation yeah, like sure. a y fly or a bat tail exactly. for smaller waves exactly and then 
so the, for me, I fell in love with the quad channels. Like I, the, the, I don't know those. Yeah. Yeah. So in, especially in Indo style waves where yeah. you've got a long barrel, longer barreling oh, wave. Okay. The ability to hold higher on the wave and get that down the line speed. It was yeah. That was love at first bottom turn. For me. There you go. Um, there you go. But yeah, I think and I think it's a great way to get more money into the sport. Yeah. So. Is people buying quivers? It's you never meet a surfer that's only got one surfboard, or it's pretty rare, isn't it? Well, like, yeah, and it's just like, and the only other way the bodyboarders um, kind of have a big quiver is if they're a vintage collector. Yeah. Which you could argue isn't really helping the sport grow, you know, in terms of sales, because they're usually sales that have already happened once. Yeah. By the manufacturer, and then they're just inter- they're secondary sales, which is great. Yeah. And um. I mean, on that kind of group, there's a lot of those listeners, um, the VBC kind of crew, yeah. and a big shout out to all them, because, I mean, man, I feel like they're carrying the sport in many ways at the moment. For sure, and I'm glad you reminded me, there's a very active VBC member in Geraldton that I'll oh, yeah? introduce you to, oh, and cool. he's got a whole room full of absolute gold. Does he? Yeah, and we can go and have a little look Gee, at that. Willikers. Yeah, so yeah, Rusty, we're coming around to your house, mate. <laughs> That's cool. Like, I mean, how do you look at that crew? Because, you know, you've had your eye on bodyboarding and you've, you've been involved in it for so long. Like, how do you factor in the effect, the VBC effect here? Like, and what are we really looking at in terms of the sport's future direction, in your opinion? Like, yeah. where does it all fit together? I think it fits into a, a, I think it fits into a sphere that's really positive. Like, it's people that are coming back into the sport or they've been in there for a long time and they're excited about it and they want to go bodyboarding. Um, I'm probably yeah I'll probably get taken out of out of context again with this one. Great. But um, but what we've got to watch out for is that it doesn't become a dad sport and a dad sort of lifestyle because I mean you want something where you kind of the kids are excited to get into it because that's what's going to give you longevity. Otherwise you kind of get this bottleneck and like there's all this attention here but people are going to fall off it. Whereas if we've got all the, we need something that kind of gets younger people excited about getting into bodyboarding as well as retaining our sort of older generations, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I know what you mean. It feels like there's a huge gap at the bottom. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's, it's really difficult at the moment, it seems, to get like a bulk amount of youngsters involved in bodyboarding and excited to go bodyboarding. And I mean, there, there's definitely pockets in Australia anyway like uh, you look at Market River then you've got those river rat crews and I'm sure there's like similar things on the east coast as well there's small pockets like small pockets it seems like uh, like I like how you know it seems like there's a bit there's still a Port Macquarie crew you know there's guys there doing their thing there's a little crew there there's Liam Lucas with his kind of Sydney crew doing and, and you know I know that he's working on a little film project now and that's rad you know like he's doing his thing so that's super positive I mean for me I kind of look at this whole competitive world as that where does that fit into it and you know it's just um, I won't harp on about it but yeah it needs a a change so that it can attract those kind of younger guys and make it financially possible yeah just make it fun and something that they want to go and participate in on a weekend at a club level I think is like is where it all starts like that's the that's the bit that gets you from club to states to nationals yeah Exactly. It's like we we had this conversation, wasn't it? It has to have a structure yeah. behind it in order 
so people can see a pathway to, oh yeah, bodyboarding, I'm gonna work hard at this. Um, I, a, because I love it, but B, because oh, there might be something that will help me travel around the world with. Like, even if it's just as simple as that, if it's something that inspires you to get out there and, and see the rest of the wonderful world that we live in. As a businessman in the sport of bodyboarding, where do you see the opportunities outside of travel or manufacturing? Like, what do you think bodyboarders could be focusing their attention on if they wanted to, like, contribute to the sport using their own skills? Like, do you, do you ever ponder that kind of question? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I always look for look for things that are, are going to be interesting to people as, as bodyboarders. Um, Media is always a good one. Anyone that's out there creating content, I think there's really space for someone in like a young bodyboarder in Australia at the moment to kind of do what we can see in surfing with people like Jamie O'Brien and Koa Smith, where they're like vlogging. It's like dynamic, interesting stuff. Like they're traveling, they're, they're doing all of that stuff. And it's like well put together. It doesn't need to be like huge high production values, but it needs to have an energy about it that uh, that's going to make people gravitate towards it. I think the days of having that standoffish kind of too cool sort of attitude are behind us because you, you, it's no way to connect to. You're not going to connect with people. You can't leave it in the hands of the magazine editors anymore. It's got to be you talking to your audience. So mm. I think there's definitely a space for someone to do that and then they'll be able to monetize it however they they want through either sponsorship or creating their own brands around it but it doesn't feel to me at the moment like there's there's that personality or if there is i haven't seen it so Mm. there's that personality especially in australia and i think the space for it i think like people would gravitate towards it it's funny you mentioned the too cool bit a part of me heard that and i was like Maybe that's too simple a, a, a reason for the lack of putting yourself out there as a bodyboarder because yeah. I think for me, I remember my first version of myself as a bodyboarder and it was very much like always getting made fun of, Yeah, you know, being called all kinds of names in the surf by surfers, being like yeah. physically threatened and intimidated yeah. at certain waves by surfers. And I think, like, for me, I can totally... If you're a bodyboarder who grew up with that type of threat and energy, like, you're not going to, like... I mean, I've got a a GoPro in my hand right now. Yeah. Like, I can look at it and go, yo, man, like, welcome to my show. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, that's the me of today who's got a lot more confidence. Yeah. And who really just doesn't give a fuck about... Yeah, any of those things anymore caring, huh? I'm nearly yeah. 40 so like man, yeah. you got to stop caring at some point <laughs> yeah, yeah, but exactly. like I just wonder how it feels for the 20 year old today who's got the talent yeah and they may have a decent ability to communicate yeah but oh, are they are they held easy. back are <laughs> yeah. they held back by like yeah, a confidence but... thing like is there I don't know I don't oh. know if some of it might just be being picked on too much still hundred percent. Yeah. I, I would never say it's going to be easy. Yeah. And you'll always get haters. Um, and the thing you is, will. Yeah. You will. You, you get the, a lot of them, man. The, the, the thing is, with that, you only really get haters when you're starting to make an impact. So mm. maybe it's it's like you you kind of got to look at it that all right, well, they wouldn't say anything if they didn't actually care. And yeah, you, you would. 
yeah, I think what you're saying is really valid. Like, you, you would have to be someone who's got a hell of a lot of self-confidence and self-belief and um, is willing to kind of put themselves out there. But yeah. it's, I still think that there is that space for someone to start their own YouTube channel yeah. and vlog and well, from there they can... What about old Willie POV? We'll have a yarn about him. Yes. Like, I don't even know if he listens to the podcast or not, but if he if he does, like... We're, I'm going to send le- it to Legendary. Him. <laughs> like, you know, I've, I've checked his stuff out. Like, yeah. here's a guy just doing some point of view stuff. Yeah. And, like, he's literally, like, legit yeah. instant, like, YouTube famous. YouTube famous, which is... Hectic. Insanely difficult to do. Yeah. But it's so much more difficult to, to get growth on that platform than it is, say, on Instagram or TikTok or wherever Elsa is. But yeah, Will is a really smart guy and I am very grateful that he's come up and spent quite a bit of time at Bali Bodyboarding. Yes. Yeah, um, and yeah, he, he inspired me. I got our, our YouTube channel going after that. Um, but it is a really powerful tool. It's the second. Uh, most popular search engine outside of Google, yeah. and it's owned by Google, so that's why when you Google something, you'll get YouTube links that show up there as well. Tactic, um, eh? And it's, it's, I think it's a great platform for, as I said, I think there's space, space there. But yeah, I love what Willie's done. He's a guy who's found a niche in his niche in bodyboarding, um, and yeah, his channel kind of pays for him to go and do bodyboard trips, which is great. So sick. It's, it's, a, so it's a way you can actually make money if you're good at it. But I just love this democratization of being pro, or this yeah. democratization sure, and also so reinterpretation good. of being a pro bodyboarder. Because yeah. to me, if Willie POV, what's his last name again? Willie uh, Komatsu. Willie Komatsu. Yeah. yeah. So like, if Willie Komatsu has got the channel and is monetizing that channel by bodyboarding, people are voting with their yeah, attention with their time yeah, at a time attention economy that, that that's like he is their version of a, not maybe not it's a pro but like a a paid bodyboarder like you know yeah. he's funding more bodyboarding yeah through his bodyboarding it's it's wild yeah it's great yeah. i mean if i if i was a company i w- well i am a company and yes i do support will <laughs> um but if i was another company or i had like a, an actual products to sell as opposed to services then yeah, I would be really supportive of him because he influences so many bodyboarders and um, and if you look at the comments and the the things that are around like his videos, it's all such positive energy that comes out of it and it's, mm. and and that's pretty rare as well. So that's I think cool. He, he manages to to bridge this gap um, between sort of the pros and and yeah, you a lot of people in bodyboarding that would otherwise feel kind of disconnected sick sick um we get to the good wrap-up point of podcasting which is about the 45 to an hour mark right. it's kind of flown by isn't it but yeah. um let's let's just kind of get back to you and what happens next um you're back home in Jero. it's not terrible no um <laughs> like are you what are your hopes for your business barley bodyboarding and kind of what you do from here like what are you hoping to do uh yeah so i mean the borders will open eventually um and indonesia will probably open before australia does uh i have a colleague of mine who'll be back in bali uh in september so next month so we'll be okay that's next month this in 2021 yeah yeah so 
uh, will be operational from then uh, again uh, for Europe and America because they're able to travel and then yeah as soon as, as soon as the borders open I'll be back up there and yeah doing our thing will again. you will you make the punt like would you take the punt of just going there not knowing if you can get back into Oz um, from for us and the way our business is set up pretty much unless the Australians can get in then it's not really worth it anyway yeah. so as soon as it looks like we can travel again I'll go up there make yeah. sure everything's rip and ready to go and yeah. we'll open up and, and uh, yeah hopefully we'll be able to welcome everyone back and yeah, good times from there alright well thanks for the surf this morning thanks for hanging out thanks for the podcast thanks for like setting an example of how people can actually create a working life out of bodyboarding it's the first time i've had this type of discussion i've chatted with manny before a couple of times on the podcast and he's also a good example actually yeah. of this way yeah, of he's kind of keeping a connection to the sport. entrepreneur yeah he loves it so like i think it's really cool and i guess if anyone out there listened to this and thought it was inspiring um i'll encourage them to get in contact with you yeah. for sure um but yeah, no. Thanks for the for jumping on the podcast, and I, no. I guess I just wish you all the best with with Bali bodyboarding, and I hope it goes from strength to strength when it kicks back off. No worries, thank you, man, and thank you for your work with the podcast. I think it's a really important medium, uh, and it's definitely revolutionised the way that I consume information. And I think it's so important that someone actually has a podcast in the bodyboarding space, and it's sort of as far-reaching as yours is. So. Thank you, mate. I definitely appreciate your work. Oh, look, I just love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Born for radio. <laughs>